Hi, I'm Louis Nicastro. I'm a producer and an engineer in the studio, but I'm also a live engineer as well. But producing is probably my favourite place to be. Because of the wonderful plugins and the sound, the samples and everything you've got at your disposal. Today we're looking at a song I produced that was a cover of the 80s classic Wonderful Life by Black. Sung by a young lady called Tina Cousins. And last year in 2005, it was the fifth most played radio single in Australia. And this is basically a bit of how we stuck it together. My manager is a gentleman called Sir Wilcox, and one of his artists on his roster was the dance diva Tina Cousins, who um, back in 2000 was very successful with DJ Sash. She's been away for a fair bit of time, and uh, she decided that it was time for a comeback. So I was brought in as the natural choice um, to produce her album. Wonderful Life by Black is such a great song. Um, I know it's been covered many, many times, but uh, it was presented to us, and so we went to work on it. The, the first mix we actually came up with, um, uh, because they actually wanted us to do it in Tina's old style, and it just didn't really work. So we went back to the drawing board, and we came up with this one. This studio is on a farm in the middle of nowhere, just outside of Bath. It's an old uh, dairy farm that is no longer working, but as a result, there's lots of outbuildings uh, which Sill had converted. Sill Wilcox is also the manager of the Stranglers. All the Stranglers backline stuff lives here. Lying in the room next door, I've actually got the original bass guitar that JJ Bunnell from the Stranglers played uh, Peaches with. Uh, so, we decided to pick it up and plug it in. <laughs> I'm sure I did tell JJ that we used his guitar, but if I didn't, let's just keep this between us. <laughs> Sonic State. Doing solo. See, if I solo the bass track, what we decided to do, we tried actually playing just the, the actual bass riff where it just moves between the notes, you know, and you're just striking it on the eighths. And, um, and that was fine. And it gave us very much the sound we wanted, but because I wanted something very, very regimented in it and um, and repetitive. So what we decided to do was we decided to take the bass, um, and as Tom played this riff, uh, we actually just ended up taking just one of the strikes from each note that he played and just finding the best the best struck one, one that had a nice bit of attack and was a bit little bit twangy, and just just cut that up and just plonk that in as eights, just copy it over and loop it so that so you had a very a very computerized bass sound but coming from a real bass guitar. Something that's great when you're playing the bass because we he played it all on one string, you've got the slides up to the next note and the slides down to the next note. So uh, just decided to keep them uh, just for effects really and sound like this. And just just love that effect basically. Um, so that's what the bass does and then it drops into into the first verse uh, with a bit of a, a very very fake pitch slide on it. I seem to got into pitch slides on this project. At the, at the tail end of every section, chorus or verse, I kind of went down on it and just transposed it down by a, about 32 semitones in uh, in the pitch shift in Cubase. Going solo. Um, and then we went to the first verse. 
where uh, everything drops down to basically just, just the kick drum, the bass guitar, and the vocals. What I decided to do on that bit was put the bass guitar through Camel Fat, which is um, uh, one of those wonderful little VST plugins that allows you to mangle sounds. It's got great filters. It's got some really, really aggressive high pass and low pass filters that um, just chop it off virtually on with a, with a vertical line. There's no smooth, smooth slope as it goes down. It's, it's just aggressive, um, which was exactly what I wanted. The, the chorus stems on this, uh, on this, this big synth riff, um, which is... Basically just started introducing that riff in the build-up, just the first sort of two or three notes of it. And, and because the chorus was always going to be big and synthy, and I came up with this lovely riff for the chorus, then um, the, the build-up to me just seemed to be all about the transition from the fairly quiet verse to the chorus. I, I like it when there's a link, and I like it when instruments that are going to come in and make an impact um, are introduced in some way. Now you can fade things in, you know, you can you can reverse delay things in or whatever. I'm I'm a big fan of filtering things. I just do love it when things come from from nowhere and just and just open up and just become more and more apparent. Because I I love the way that when you when you put certain things through filters, as they as the filter opens up, it it, it just totally metamorphosizes as as the sound goes and you think it's this certain thing which oh that's sitting nice in the mix then all of a sudden the filter opens and it ooh, ooh, it turns into this then all of a sudden the focus is like on a camera the focus is it's fully focused and it's like oh no it wasn't any of them look at what it was and it was a big fat synth or something like that that was the Korg MS2000 a thin nasally dirty sound going through the Korg built-in distortion and um, opening up there with a with a bypass filter yeah, this is a great sound from the, the Waldorf Micro-Q. I hate to uh, admit to being a preset user, but these days there are some programmers out there and, and synth manufacturers who are fully aware that their machines, in the first instance, are only as good as the presets. And programmers are constantly amazing me. The amount of matrices and modulations they put one sound through, you know, 11 LFOs running eight different filters to make the sound move and, and, and just be interesting. I was actually just playing the sound with one key, but as you put your finger on the key, uh, and it's a three oscillator synth, then, then one of the oscillators would play at the pitch, the other one would come up to that pitch from about two octaves below, and the third oscillator would come down to that pitch from about two, os uh, two octaves above. And then likewise, when you took your finger off, the sound would keep playing, but the pitches would just wander off somewhere else, but end up somewhere usable. And it was dirty, it was gritty, it, uh, it just did the job. It 
got released in Australia. It got picked up by TV and was played to um, introduce and advertise TV programs. I think it went out on an advert over there, just purely because, you know, unfortunately, I'd like to say it was down to, to my wonderful production, but I think it was more down to the fact that it was a great song that had just been brought up to date. SonicState.com Going solo. And um, then we get to the bridge, which takes uh, takes me brings me to the uh, the toms. I can't find them. <laughs> I hear them, but I don't see them. Oh yeah, the ones that say toms. Yeah. <laughs> SonicState.com. Doing solo. 